This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so excited to introduce to our global audience today somebody that I've been following for a good couple of years and I'm hoping you'll be interested to understand a little bit more about our next guest too. This is Chris Stringer and he is the founder of That Recruitment Company which according to your tagline you've been making Mondays and every day tolerable since 2006. Welcome to you today Chris, how are you? Hello, thank you for having me. That, uh, that tagline's a little bit cheesy, isn't it, to be fair? But um, yeah, I'll go with it. But yeah, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Very, very welcome. And for anyone who does watch on YouTube, which I don't, I don't know how many of you do, you have got a very impressive backdrop, which I believe is Peaky Blinders. It is. We, we work a lot in, uh, in Europe here. Um, so I needed a little nod to Birmingham if you can't hear from the accent. So Peaky Blinders seem like the place to go, to be fair. And if you are listening to this and you follow the link on LinkedIn and you are based in Birmingham, come and say hello. Because I started my recruitment career on Colmore Row in 1998 and I was down there for three whole years. So I'm I'm always going to be very fond of the Birmingham crew. Honorary so, Brummy now, yeah? But I'll probably start sounding a bit Brummy. All, all my Lancashire friends think I'm from Birmingham. So there you go. <laughs> I love the brand. I mean, let's start with that recruitment company. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about how, why you called it that recruitment company. Um, because I'm not very creative and I can't think of very good names. So I wanted something that kind of um, all those years ago I think we went through a stage as a business where you took a a colour and an object and put it together or two last names and I was like well the whole idea of of my what I wanted this business to be was authentic so if we're going to be a recruitment company call it a recruitment company and then that bit was just that came from a a restaurant originally it was called that Mexican place so I thought well that's good I'll I'll steal that and uh, and that's where we are so we're very we're like the Ron Sealer recruitment I think it's very what you see is what you get Um, but it, it, yeah, it does what it says on the tin, doesn't it? It, it does. And I actually really love that story. And I think it's really, <laughs> it says everything about you that you're just authentic and you are who you are. And maybe that's a brummy thing that you just have to kind of what you see is what you get. But I think it's very refreshing. And I imagine for a lot of your clients, who, who like you say, you're European, I imagine, do they get the sense of humour, sort of tongue in cheek? sense of humour around it. Yeah, I, I, well, I hope so. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, fingers crossed they do. But I think it, that, that's the whole point, isn't it? There's no point dressing yourself up as something that you're not. And I think it's easier to do all your branding and all that stuff when it is authentic, isn't it? If people have got a fair idea of who you are before they come to you, there's no nasty surprises at the end in theory. Well, so that's and I think that's what attracted me to you. And, you know, when, it, when I think about you know, we all talk about personal brand. We all know that that's where we have to be on LinkedIn. That's where everybody goes to for jobs or for candidates. So I think one of the things that really um, magnetised me to to you personally, but also to that recruitment company, is that I think your brand and content seems to set itself apart when we talk about kindness. You just, you seem to say things that other leaders aren't able to say. And I don't know why that is. So I know it's not contrived, but talk to me a little bit about why you felt compelled at the time and I don't know how long you've been doing it for but talking about sort of the human side of being a recruitment leader 
Um, well, thank you. First of all, that's a big compliment. I think I think I'm very open, right? And and everybody has struggles and problems and this and that. And I think in our industry, I joined in 2006. I'm 16 years in now. There was always this thing to be corporate and to stiff up a lip and just muddle your way through, leave your baggage at the door. And and actually, that's not reflective of real life. Um, so I think alongside calling it a really blatantly obvious name, I think the what we try and portray is that we're human as well. And we, we sometimes undervalue in recruitment the job that we actually do, especially I'm a permanent um, recruiter. And I think actually we forget, we look at the three, four deals in a month as just that. And we forget that actually we're changing three or four lives. So it's nice to show the other side of the coin as well. And they're kind of in this with you. Um, hopefully it endears you to more clients, more candidates and the people that work here as well. I mean, life happens, doesn't it? And I think it's very easy to go down that robotic route and it's all KPIs and all focused on profitability and whatever, but actually, you get more longevity and you enjoy it a bit more if you if you appreciate that human element. So that's where it comes from. There was no no master plan towards it. It's just that's genuine, true. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's important to contextualise. I mean, our listener is, um, well, certainly from feedback, we get a lot of recruitment leaders like yourself all across the globe, which is phenomenal. But we also get a lot of people who are quite new into the recruitment career. And, you know, for you to hear that sort of testimony that you leave your things at the door and I, I can corroborate with that that was very much you literally left your personal life at the door you did not bring it to work you know if you took if you had a personal call at your desk it was like really frowned upon and I think that whilst things have changed significantly certainly for those who are maybe you know sort of millennial and, and generation z potentially you know it's important to understand that that's because of people like yourself that are ensuring that we are talking about things that are really happening to us but I also want to just pick up on something else that you've just said, which is clearly why you're successful as a business owner and as a recruiter. We are taking people on a journey. This isn't just about deals and money. And I just think, is it? am I really cynical that there are so few people that are actually doing it how you're doing it? You know, do, do you think you define yourself as unique for expressing that? And that's what you want to say? Yeah, I, th I think it's just important to be human. I think it, if nothing else, you've just got to remain human with it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to come across like some sort of um, recruitment saint or whatever. We are we are a profit-based business. There are KPIs. The old school methods, in my opinion, are still the best for getting results out of people. But what has come through in the last couple of years is, is massive advancements in work-life balance, mental health. And I think if you can combine those two, you can actually end up and it's, it's work in progress for us, but you can actually end up with the best of both worlds. And you do need to be aware that if you're making somebody change a job or if you're giving somebody a job within your business, work is a huge part of what we do. And you get more committed staff, more committed clients, candidates, whatever, if you appreciate that. So it's not about trying to be kind or, or anything like that. It's just taking a step back, removing the emotion from it a little bit and understanding that, that you've got to get the best out of people the best way you can. And it, it comes from there, really. It does. It comes from a good place. Have you um, have you ever listened to or watched Mary Portis, The Kindness Economy? I haven't. Should I do that? I don't, not, Mary, I don't know. Mary, Mary Portis, obviously the queen of the high street. You know, she's got a 
50 year career in you know she literally transformed the high street she's an amazing you will love this and okay. anyone that has listened please comment and say that you have so mary porters has for the last few years been i guess quite evangelical which i know you're saying you're not about we as profitable businesses in the private sector you know our focus is to create profit but actually simultaneously we should be creating a kindness economy that actually by ensuring our people so our internal customers our employees our team members we are being kind to them but actually then externalizing that and it's a whole like mindset shift of you know we need to be it's all about like around sustainability and about community all the things that so many companies now champion but actually that that word in itself the kindness economy is that you're creating places where people want to be and i think it's yeah. a shift in this hybrid mentality no it, it does and i mean if you can I, we're in recruitment right our, our, our staff turnover just by nature the job isn't for everybody the staff turnover is very high right but i was one of those consultants that danced around a few different companies and actually it wasn't until we got to probably four or five years in that i realized actually longevity is so important so giving people a home where they feel like they can be themselves where they get a bit of flexibility where they're appreciated instead of doing year one five times with five different companies actually if you can make people stay the return on investment that you get from a business perspective because that is important um it, it, the yield goes way higher and it becomes a nice place to work you work with people that you actually enjoy being around because you've got to know them over a few years and then that culture comes from the back so it all helps and it all stems from that bit where just accepting that that people are people really there's no nothing more really to it than that i guess self-perpetuating i, I appreciate and agree with everything you said there about that return on investment so you know if you are running a, a recruitment business like this is you know maybe stop and think about that from a, a cultural perspective and in terms of the people that you bring through your door and um, you've as well as sort of talking about openness and kindness you've also you know been quite a prominent um spokesperson around mental health and mm. well-being and i think you know you've obviously seen it firsthand how it can be quite detrimental and i know that you've sort of shared a lot of vulnerable vulnerability and that's one of the things that really like to say there'll be lots of other people that have, have just stayed tuned to you because you, you have been such an open sharer but why do you think we should be we should be talking about it we actually record this now in mental health awareness week we'll be sharing it long after and we mm -hmm. want to be evergreen but why do you think we should be talking about it and we should be sharing and be open we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with vincere the recruitment operating system. Vincheri is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincheri because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincheri.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Because 
it's an actual thing and it's real. And I think there's, there's two mindsets. There's people that suffer with this and they're happy to talk about it. And then I think there's a perception that, oh God, he's off on again about mental health again. And I think people think that people play it as a trump card. Now, I'm sure there are people who, who do that, right? And who want to talk about mental health and, and use it to say, look, we're on brand and we're cool. Mine comes from a different place in that I struggle. I'm, I'm openly an anxiety sufferer. I'll say this because you won't, Alicia. This is the second time we've tried to record this because the first time I was not having a good day and that happens, right? So then there's a business owner who's providing a platform for employees and people to, to be themselves to then know that I have that myself but completely negate it for everybody else and make it so that it's unacceptable to talk about that's just hypocritical so you can't do that and again this human element you've got to take people in all their forms I think I get asked about mental health a lot because I am open and I do give I try and give a balanced answer so business owner answer is not that we should be super, super sensitive and allow people to wear it as a badge or a force field, um, but something that we do need to be aware of and, and to appreciate that not everybody is going to re react to stimulus and what happens in the world the same way that you do. And I think the biggest mistake that I see in businesses I've worked for, businesses I see, is that people think that there is only one way. Um, and actually by pushing it back and allowing people to make their own decisions, they get over those mental health stumbles a bit quicker. They, they um, react to things in totally unconventional ways than your brain would, but quite often it ends up with a better result. So just all round, it's better to talk about. You've got to be pragmatic with it. You've got to be sensible with it. You can't allow yourself to, to go down a dead end. But at the same time, it, it's much worse when you're hitting burnouts and you feel like you can't talk. And yeah. it's just no good for any part really so having a culture that's open and willing to discuss it um again it, it just makes for a nicer environment i guess it really plugs into that whole sort of genuinely you know human beings taking on human beings and mm. you know, thank you for sharing that i i didn't feel like it was my opinion to do that but you you have always been very open and honest about it and i think that there, for me there's been such a massive shift and that's partly where the podcast came from in 2020 when we first started me talking to leaders about what we were doing whilst we were going through those horrendous lockdowns and actually understanding that whether you're a leader with three people or a leader with 30 300 people 3000 people a lot of what you feel will be very similar in terms of vulnerability and you've just used the word that burnout term burnout where i think those that tend to be more at risk are possibly those that have got this persona that they're handling everything okay and that everything's fine and actually things happen shit happens you know it yep. does and it happens to leaders too yep. so it, it's it's um you know is it brave that you share it yeah it, of course it. i think anyone that shares personal stuff is very brave but but you do so and i'm pleased you picked up on this it's not for virtue signaling you do it because you know it's going to help somebody mm -hmm. well yeah yeah and i think I've, I've also tried and i do try to be that unflappable character uh, that, that is in control of everything and is so far away from the truth. And actually, if you do that too much, it's exhausting um, for you personally and it makes everything worse. But also from a staff perspective, it's, it's not genuine, is it? You can't be that robotic, I know the answer to everything all the time. And I think being genuine and allowing people to see that, look, I have bad days and I'm not feeling great today, it, it opens up the forum for them to be able to talk to you. It become you become more approachable. I haven't mastered this. This is something that I never will. I'll have it my whole life. So when I talk about this stuff, I feel a little bit 
like I'm a bit condescending with it really like I've mastered this stuff it's it's really hard and it's something that I struggle with every single day um but at the same time I make it open because I know that if I do other people talk and it becomes not such a a point that can't be discussed it, it makes it so that actually it's a lot easier to deal with and that's the only reason I do it it's removing the stigma out of interest your clients confide in you have you had conversations with your your client base yeah loads of times and I, I think companies it's almost a rapport builder in a sense when you're dealing with clients candidates whatever you can also spot it when you're used to talking about it so if you're if one of your hiring managers for example is super stressed yeah I can tell what's going on here just talk to me a minute and get it out and I mean I don't sit there and preach about the importance of mental health to my clients and my candidates right but it's it's nice to be able to to sympathize a little bit and to empathize with them and it, it, it helps to build relationships it's as I say it, it all comes from a good place but the more people talk about it the more it's acceptable the more productive it becomes simple as that we all have like we all have physical health we all have mental health and we all have different challenges within that Mm -hmm. right or wrong you don't judge somebody based on that but I think the more that leaders like you talk about it the more it, it it's all for me about losing stigma and about creating an industry which we're going to come on to creating an industry that is perceived externally as you know an industry that supports cares for nurtures people human beings because ultimately that is what we do isn't it but the recruitment industry sadly isn't quite there yet and it's ever evolving You've been in it 16 years. I've been in it for about 75 years. Um, <laughs> certainly clearly someday. So, I mean, if if you could be this kind of magician that sits over, certainly with your amazing mural behind you, what would you, if you would start recruitment now and say, right, we're going to start this industry and it's going to place candidates into jobs, what would you do? How would you transform it if we were to start again? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat.
Um, so that's that's a that's a big question, but I, I think realistically, you just said it yourself. I don't think the industry is or has been historically; it hasn't been there. And I think actually now it's not all about cold calling as it used to be. It's about relationship building, people by people. Um, the days of the three-hour phone times, I think, are gone. As much as I hate to admit that, in a sense. So if it was to start all over again rather than just doing the smash and grab, and that is the background that I come from and that I did for many years. Um, it's more about developing the relationships, looking at um, what's what's right for the person that you're talking to, whether that be the candidate or the client. Probably wouldn't do a deal in my first month, which was the holy grail when we started, right? But actually, with the benefit of hindsight, if I went back and did it all again, I'd be looking for fewer, better clients where the motivations are, are proper, candidates that were open and receptive rather than just trying to smash people into seats that don't fit them. Um, and just taking a little bit more time, being a bit more conscientious with it, because I think that's the, the biggest shift that we are seeing, not my business. I think we're starting to see that now. Even when we're seeing clients advertising directly, they're not going in with, you will earn a hundred grand in your first year. It's more like, come on this journey with us. And I think that can go into a recruitment process as well. And if you can make people believe that and you can see that and you, you live that as your brand, it's a much better return. Yeah. That's how it is. You've just described, I mean, what you just described for the utopia for recruitment is that we are perceived as a professional services industry as you would perceive a, a lawyer, a doctor, a financial services provider. You know, that's exactly what we do. We are, a, we, can, we can nurture a relationship all the way through someone's career. We can have a peer, you know, group that if you do things properly, which is the way I think a lot of people are starting to realise is the only way to do it. There are still companies out there that have call times and, and I, I kind of understand that KPI having come from it myself. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a bit more, it's a bit more holistic now, isn't it? It's yeah, I think my, my opinion on that, because I, I'm XS3 guy, so anybody who knows S3, it's, it's you go in, you do this amount of KPIs and that's what you do. I think as a founder to teach you how to recruit, right? That's a brilliant plan. And we still teach stuff that I was taught back when I started in 2006. We do that every day. I think there, are, there is a resistance and maybe it's the emergence now of people starting their own businesses and having smaller agencies who want to find their own little niche, their own little pocket. But historically, there's been a resistance to change anything. Well, you're not going to recruit a load of millennial people now when your mindset is in the late 80s and early 90s. So you have to. Yeah. It's, it's change or die, isn't it? And I think that's where it comes from. So adding that human element into that, it, it, it makes it a much, much nicer market for everybody. Definitely does. So, I mean, in terms of the recruitment industry, I think we just need more Chris's. That's what I think. <laughs> Thanks again, yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really delightful to get to know you. And thank you so much for sharing your insights with our audience and uh, joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me.